Okay, so the big story this week, Tucker Carlson out at Fox. This was not mutual. Fox News threw Tucker Carlson under the bus. I will explain why they did it, what it all means. That's coming up. Plus, President Biden has made it official. He's running for re-election. Yeah, even the New York Times says that Biden's age is a major factor in this election. The New York Times, so we'll tell you about that coming up. Yet another poll shows Trump is decimating DeSantis. I mean, these numbers are staggering. That's coming up. Kevin McCarthy's debt ceiling plan will reduce the budget deficit by trillions of dollars. Yet Biden has pledged to veto that plan, to veto that bill. That bill has just passed in the House, by the way. Rebels in Sudan have taken control of a lab. This is terrifying. Rebels in Sudan, Sudanese rebels have taken control of a lab containing dangerous viruses. Does that sound familiar? The WHO says that this is a huge bio threat. Yet, of course, the media is ignoring the story. And the lab was funded by who do you think funded? Guess who funded the lab? The Sudanese lab taken over by rebels with dangerous viruses. Dr. Fauci. Okay, so we'll get to all those terrifying details coming up. Tucker Carlson fired by Fox News. Uh, This was not mutual. Okay, Tucker Carlson's ratings were off the chart. if, If Tucker Carlson is vulnerable to this kind of thing. If Tucker Carlson, if the, if Fox News can be pressured, and I'm going to tell you why I believe that this clearly came due to pressure from the left, pressure from Chuck Schumer, pressure from the, 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 the establishment, from the Democrats. If Tucker Carlson, if it can happen to him, it can happen to anybody. And why? Because his ratings were off the charts. Why would they fire him? He, he generated lots of money. Fox News is stock tanked. After this news broke, it's because Tucker told the truth. Tucker was not beholden to the establishment, whether you agree or disagree with him, whether there are I had certain issues with him. Overall, he did a lot of good things, but that's not the point. The point is that this proves once again what we already know. This the left can silence anyone, anyone they deem a threat. Okay, nobody is invincible uh, from when, when the left targets you, when the left decides that you need to be silenced. Tucker didn't toe the line. Other hosts toe the line. Sean Hannity. He doesn't go as far as Tucker goes. Okay. I'm not saying his job is safe, but it's safer. He, but, but Tucker Carlson exposed January 6th, exposed the real footage, exposed the facts. He exposed the truth about COVID, about Hunter Biden and so much more. And they shoved him out. And it's not very different than Putin, than the Ayatollah who control their media and their countries. Okay. It's a little bit more subtle, but conceptually, it's exactly the same thing. The establishment controls the media. The establishment, establishment decides the flow of information, what narratives they they are okay with and they're willing to accept, and what and when they decide that you're gone, that you're done, you're done. Okay, look at the timeline. Look at the timeline here. Okay, Fox News settled with Dominion just last week for seven hundred eighty-seven million dollars. Obviously, the timing here is no coincidence. Okay, you file a lawsuit. Fox has to cough up a lot of money. Why? Because they questioned the results of the election, and as a result, they were punished. Meanwhile. Two months ago, just two months ago, Tucker Carlson exposed the truth, the January 6th surveillance surveillance footage that shows that it was all one big lie, that shows that they were peacefully protesting, that they were allowed in by Capitol Police. And what happened? The next day, Chuck Schumer gets up on the Senate floor and he demanded that Fox News silence Tucker. That's literally, go back, look at the words that Chuck Schumer said. He said he's calling on Fox News to not allow Tucker to do this, to silence Tucker Carlson. And yet a few weeks later, Tucker Carlson is silenced. Chuck Schumer gets his wish. So I'm not a big believer in coincidence, okay? this They were sending a message, message sent. Um, 
notice, okay, that other shows are afraid to discuss the truth about January 6th, election fraud, right after the 2022 election. There, there was so much evidence of, of fraud, and yet everybody was afraid to touch it. It's the third rail. So many of these topics have become the third rail because if you mention it, then you get punished, then you get thrown out, okay? So they're afraid to discuss the MAGA protests for Trump indictments. Remember, Trump called for protests in response to his indictment. And remember, you weren't allowed to talk about that. You weren't allowed to mention that because, oh, no, are you kidding me? Another January 6th? Trump has every right to ask his followers to protest these bogus indictments. It's KGB-style tactics. Now, there were other factors. I want to be clear. You're going to say to me, well, but Tucker Carlson, there's a lawsuit against Tucker Carlson. There were advertisers who boycotted the show. He wasn't getting the top echelon of advertisers, the top payers, the, you know, the, the advertisers that really spend the big bucks because he was so controversial. But he still generated tons of money, had a massive, massive audience, average of 3.2 million viewers a night. CNN has like an average of like 600,000 viewers a night. Tucker Carlson, his show by itself, uh, had 3.2 million. OK, apparently he did not get along with upper management. So I get it that there's baggage. There is other baggage. There's a, there's a lawsuit against Tucker Carlson and against Fox News over the fact they claim Tucker Carlson's producers and Tucker himself maybe made anti-Semitic slurs or, you know, maybe some some other sort of offensive slurs, racism, whatever. But that's not the point. There is always going to be they want you to be vanilla. Okay, they want you to just go along with their narrative. And there's always going to be baggage. Any show has baggage. But the point is, if if usually that baggage doesn't take you down, it's only when the left makes you a target. And they decide that they're going to force you out. They then use that baggage to do so. Okay, but the fact that there's baggage, that's not the underlying cause here. Let's be very clear. Ocasio admitted this. Even Ocasio, she admitted it. The Democrats right now are doing cartwheels, of course, that Tucker Carlson's been fired. But Ocasio said, she said, this proves that our campaign to deplatform is working. Okay, she literally says this. Our campaign to deplatform, that was her words. In other words, we we want to censor these people and... It's working. We're actually getting to censor them. So, yeah, there's always going to be a pretext, always going to be baggage. But the bottom line is every media figure has baggage. Okay, Sean Hannity has not been fired. Laura Ingram, as at least as yet, has not been fired. So that's not and they have baggage. They have plenty of baggage. It's not the baggage. Uh, President Trump is hinting that he's going to boycott the debates in the primaries. This is amazing. And I was actually expecting this. And I'm very curious how this plays out. Trump says he's right, by the way, he's 100 percent right. It makes no sense for Trump to be part of the debates, especially it turns out they're not even asking Trump and not even asking his campaign for his input on how the debates should be structured, what the rules should be. And it's like, how can the Republican Party decide the rules of the debate, the debates without asking for Trump's opinion? He's the former president. And by the way, he's the leader of the Republican Party. And by the way, he's crushing every other candidate. So he absolutely has every right to either dictate the terms or at least very strongly influence the terms and the rules of the debate. He is the party. I mean, it's such an insult. It's such a disgrace to him. Again, you can like him. You can dislike him. Irrelevant. Trump is the party. Like you, you think the Democrat Party doesn't doesn't ask Obama for his opinion? Obama's not even running. You think they don't ask him his opinion? You say, well, Obama's not running, so that makes a difference. Trump is running. I don't care. The campaigns very often influence, very very often. The Biden campaign, the Hillary campaign. Trust me, she said all the terms back in twenty sixteen. It, it, it always it always works that way. So here's the question: Why should Trump even 
engage in these debates? Why should he even participate in the debates? Think about this. Trump has over 50 percent right now. He's literally leading uh, his next closest opponent. Will re- opponent will, DeSantis is the only one even in the same stratosphere as Trump. So we will read you the numbers coming up. But why should Trump debate like 10 or 12 other candidates who are mostly polling at 3%, at 1%. It makes no sense. Why should Trump at 50%, 60% be debating Nikki Haley or you know be debating one of these other candidates who's polling at 1% or Mike Pence? It, it just makes no sense. What you can do if you want is you can separate them into two tiers. So and it'll be, this is going to be such a so entertaining for to, to see Trump. If he boycotts the debates, you know what he's going to do. He's going to like hold a rally. He did this in 2016. He's going to hold a rally. Um, at the same time of the debate, and he's probably going to beat the debate in the ratings. So what does he need the debate for, right? And if you want, you could separate it into two tiers. What I mean by that is you can have, like, the top tier and the lower tier. So which will end up being, you can have, like, they have to meet a 30% polling threshold or something like that, which means in order to participate in the top tier, which means you're going to have literally Trump DeSantis. It's going to be Trump DeSantis one night and then, like, 10 candidates a different night. And they had something similar. I think the Democrats back in 2020, I believe, had something similar where they had a bunch of different uh, candidates and uh, or maybe it was 20, I guess 2020, I'm assuming it was, where it was like a total of 19 candidates, I think. And so they actually split it into two separate nights. And I believe they decided it based on uh, what the polling was, whether you'd be in the top tier debate or the lower tier debate. But it makes no sense for Trump to be on the same stage as like eight, uh, 10 or 11 loser candidates. And again, that's if you like him or dislike him. Uh, I, I want you to think about this, okay, because Trump is still so underrated even at this point. I don't care you agree with him, you disagree with him, you think he's bad for the party. I don't care. Look at the facts. Trump is the only Republican to win a presidential race in the last 20 years. Think about that. 20 years. The last pre- Republican who was not Trump who won a presidential race was Bush in twenty in 2004. It doesn't even really count because, you know, post 9-11 – you had a really united country. Plus, Bush was running as an incumbent. He was running for re-election. So yeah, I think you have to go all the way back to 2020. But And the 2020 was neck and neck. I mean, they literally came – it was a Supreme Court decision. So they came so close to losing back even in 2020. So in my mind, you can make the case that Trump is the only strong Republican candidate to run since like 1988. You You could make that case. But it's Trump and Bush. If you go back like over 30 years – Trump and Bush are the only two candidates to win uh, 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 the as a Republican, to win the presidency as a Republican. But Trump in the last 20 years, only Republican to win a presidential race, not Mitt Romney, not John McCain, not certainly not Jeb Bush, not Nikki Haley. So, you know, I understand the party. They think he's toxic. They want him to lose. So the, the party right now is doing anything possible to stock the to stack the odds against him. Um, so they want to keep the, th- the polling threshold very low in order to be able to include a bunch of other candidates. The, the party wants to bring Trump down. Again, love him or hate him. You know, I, I would be thrilled to have Trump as a candidate once again, as I've said many, many times. I made my, uh, my own opinion very, very clear. But that's not the point. The, the, everyone would agree the party is doing everything possible. They want to bring him down. So it's just it doesn't get any better than this. And I think if Trump holds a rally at the same time that they have a Republican debate, I think Trump will crush the debate in the ratings. So we're going to have this is going to be perhaps the most entertaining primary season ever. So break out the popcorn. Let's wait and see. As I said, Biden running for reelection. It's official. Thank you. Thank you, President Biden. Look, as somebody said to me, are we afraid that perhaps Biden wins reelection? 
I, I don't know how anybody could vote for, for this man. Uh, I don't know how you could have voted for him in 2020, but obviously some people did. But now with his track record on inflation, on the border, I mean, on Iran, on China, Chinese spy balloon, the baby formula shortage. This man is a complete disaster. Worst president ever, hands down. And uh, if he does win, OK, and you tell me, but if he wins and then he becomes incapacitated, which is not, I guess, the most far-fetched scenario, uh, and who takes over? Kamala Harris takes over, that's even more terrifying. It's hard to fathom anything more frightening than a Joe Biden presidency. But there is one thing. It's a Kamala Harris presidency. So I get it. But I still think that this is the best case scenario because I think he's by far the weakest candidate we could ever conceive of. Now, I, you know, I think Gavin Newsom, I don't know. Gavin Newsom could be a strong candidate. I know he's far left. He's radical. Terrible, terrible record on COVID. But look, you know, he sustained that uh, that recall vote, right? So some people seem to like Gavin Newsom. So Gavin, Gavin, Gavin Newsom, to me, is a stronger candidate than Joe Biden. Anybody's a stronger candidate than Joe Biden. So, But here's the thing. Biden says he wants to finish the job. He says he wants to finish the job that he started, okay? Number one, it's comical. Vote for me. Give me re-election. Give me a second term because I want to finish the job. First of all, I mean, that's terrifying because please don't finish the job. Whatever you do, Mr. President, do not finish the job. There won't be any country left if Biden finishes the job. We're going to be bankrupt. I mean, it's like, but here's the thing. What are you waiting for? Finish the job, reelect you. To fin- we have 18 months. You have another 18 months of this term. OK, so why are you waiting to finish the job? It's it's so absurd when they say this kind of stuff. You know, that the, you have a candidate running for reelection. We need change. We need change. Like, what do you mean you need change? You're the one in charge right now. Biden ran on a platform of change. He's been running Washington, D.C. for 40 something years. Now it's 50. Now it's over 50 years. So but uh, you vote for me because uh, I want to finish the job. I need to finish the job. Finish the job over the next 18 months. Uh, again, the last thing I want Biden to do is finish the job that he has started. But here's the thing. Finish the job now. But it's, no, I have to only start finishing the job after November 2024. So explain that to me. But here's the thing. Biden, like I said, he's 80, uh, you know, and uh, he's got the abysmal record. Like, I mean, the man, like, he literally is so incredibly weak as a candidate. I mean, I think that George Santos could actually beat Biden. Now you have RFK Jr., uh, the strong anti-vaxxer. He's actually running against Biden in the Democrat primary, it sounds like. Now, obviously, RFK Jr. is not going to beat Biden in the primary, but he might force Biden to have a debate. We'll have to see about that. So that could be interesting. That could be damaging to Biden. Remember, they've done everything possible. And even the New York Times is frustrated. We'll get to that. Everything possible to protect Biden from making any sort of live appearances, anything that's not scripted, anything where he actually has to answer a question from a reporter. So, you know, a debate could be devastating to Joe Biden. Um, now, even the New York Times, as I said, they, they think that Biden's too old. They're annoyed that Biden refuses to speak to the media. The editorial board of the New York Times this week warned, warned President Biden over the weekend that he should not be dismissing voter concerns about the fact that he's an octogenarian, literally in the New York Times. Here's a quote from the New York Times, quote, Candidates should not pretend, as Mr. Biden often does, that advanced age is not an issue. And I'm going to read you here some stunning quotes from from the New York Times. The New York Times is turning on Biden. Quote, Mr. Biden is 80 now, the oldest American to serve as president, and even supporters, including political strategist David Axelrod, have expressed deep worries that his age will be both a political liability and a barrier to a successful second term. 
No kidding. Um, back to the Times here. Quote, if Mr. Biden runs again, this is over the weekend, so it was right before it became official. Questions will persist about his age until he does more to assure voters he's up to the job. Concerns about age, both in terms of fitness for office and being out of touch, are legitimate, as Mr. Biden acknowledged in an interview in February with ABC News. His standard line repeated in that interview, the only thing I can say is, watch me. But Mr. Biden has given voters very few chances to do that, to watch him. His refusal to engage with the public regularly raises questions about his age and health. So the New York Times, the New York Times has turned on Biden, has thrown Biden under the bus. They're actually right. I have to agree with them here. Even a broken clock, I guess, is right twice a day. And they're saying he always has the same silly response. You're worried about my age? Watch me. The only thing I can say is watch me. We're watching you. First of all, you you don't let us watch you. And the Times literally makes this point. they're, They're always protecting you. They're always shielding you. So you cannot answer a single question from reporters, except when you're on your way to the helicopter. And you mumble something and, and it's incoherent. But we, we can't watch you because they don't let us watch you because they know that if we watch you, we're going to see that it's a complete disaster. We're going to see we're going to be terrified. Like we're not we're not we're going to wake up in the morning in a cold sweat if we watch you because this is actually the man who's supposed to be the leader of the free world. But the other thing is, as the Times points out, it, 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 we, we see what he does, the rare occasions where he actually does address the public, which is almost never. And if they do, it's scripted. You saw this. He held this press conference this week where literally they have a cheat sheet where he has the picture of the reporter, the name of the reporter he's going to call on, and the question, the question scripted. So they collude with the reporters ahead of time. So he's reading. He knows the question. He's reading it on a card. Then he knows who to call on, and then he reads the scripted answer. This is the man who's supposed to be running the country. And, and, and so the New York Times is saying you know, they literally – threw him under the bus like hey this this is a very very like biden keeps trying to poo-poo it and biden just keeps trying you know to downplay it like this is terrifying even the new york times is terrified all right new poll uh trump is decimating desantis and by the way according to this poll this is a morning consult poll so this is a legit poll it's not some right-wing poll it shows that trump is the strongest candidate in the general election on the republican side so this this is actually a staggering staggering poll here According to this new morning consult, Paul Trump has his largest ever lead in the primary race, 37 points, a 37-point lead. Uh, Trump has 58% of Republican primary voters, according to this poll. DeSantis got support from 21%. So Trump leads in this poll 58% to 21%. This is just stunning. This is staggering. Mike Pence, 7%. Nikki Haley, Liz Cheney, Vivek Ramaswamy, 3%. Five candidates got 1%. So Vivek Ramaswamy, he's actually surging in the polls. He's gotten all the way, (laughs) he's climbed all the way to 3%. I think he was down by 1% a lot of these polls. And voters say that Trump is the strongest candidate in the general election. And I keep telling you, he gets so underrated as far as a general election goes. Like, he's done it, okay? He's actually beaten Hillary in 2016, a general election. None of the other candidates have ever won, obviously have ever won because he's the only one who ran. I get it. But among 11 Republican candidates, um, Trump got the strongest as far as uh, support from voters uh, if he ran against Joe Biden. Okay, voters were asked about Trump's electability. He has a 29 percent lead over DeSantis in terms of electability, Republican primary voters say that Trump has the best chance of defeating Joe Biden in the general election. Trump beat DeSantis on that question by 29 percent. But as I said, the big story here, 37 point lead over the next closest candidate, which is Pet, which is DeSantis, 58 to 21 percent. According to a new report, the Supreme Court 
has actually prevented thousands of abortions a month by overturning Roe v. Wade. And this is huge. This is very exciting news. Legal abortions in the U.S. dropped more than 6% in the six months following the ruling where the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. Another thing, by the way, that Trump deserves an awful lot of credit for would not have happened without him. This report says that there were over 32,000 fewer legal abortions between last July and December, an average of 5,377 fewer abortions per month, okay? So think of how many babies were saved as a result of this Supreme Court decision, obviously, you know, because, and then you say, well, maybe they can go to a different state. But obviously what we're seeing is that there are many thousands of people who decide, you know what, I'm not going to travel to a different state to abort a fetus. I'm actually going to go through with it, have the baby, okay? I'm actually going to let the baby live. Now, you know the amazing part here? Democrats are, of course, disappointed by this. This is their worst fear. Fewer abortions. The Supreme Court has made it that some people actually want the child to live. That that frightens them. That actually outrages the Democrats. Tells you everything you need to know about the Democrats, okay? This is their worst fear, that babies who were supposed to be killed will instead get to be born and grow up to live their life. What a terrible tragedy, right? That is, that, that's the Democrat values system right there in a nutshell. It tells you everything you need to know. All right, according to the CBO, Congressional Budget Office, which is nonpartisan, the Republican plan to hike the debt ceiling would reduce the deficit by nearly, and of course cut spending uh, in return for um, raising the debt ceiling. It would reduce the deficit by about $5 trillion, close to $5 trillion. And by the way, the CBO usually underestimates this kind of thing. CBO said Tuesday the bill that has been now passed by the House, Kevin McCarthy's bill called the Limit, Save, and Grow Act, would reduce the deficit by $4.8 trillion over 10 years. It found that the debt plan would drastically cut spending. The cap on discretionary funding would result in $3 trillion savings, reduced funding for the IRS. Yes, please reduce as much funding as you can for the IRS. That would save $119 billion. Um, work requirements for Medicaid and SNAP would save $120 billion. Rescinding funding for unspent COVID relief would save $29 billion. Amazing. We're, we're still spending billions of dollars on COVID relief even at this point. So it's massive savings, almost $5 trillion over 10 years in return for raising the debt ceiling by, I believe, $1.5 trillion. And Biden has pledged to veto the bill. You cannot make this stuff up. This bill is a no-brainer. And Biden says, I'm going to veto this bill. This is a bad bill. He, 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 he says that McCarthy is taking the country hostage. That's literally what he said. Here, Biden announced that the administration strongly opposes the bill, which is a reckless attempt to extract extreme concessions as a condition for the United States to simply pay the bills that has already incurred. So there are the talking points. Kevin McCarthy, we already owe this money. You want to bankrupt us. You want us to default. And how dare you force us to make all these concessions? What are the concessions? Uh, not not paying money to new IRS agents, you know, start, uh, ending the student loan, eliminating the student loan forgiveness, which is insane, the student loan forgiveness program, and taking back money that was never spent, that was earmarked for COVID relief and forcing people to actually work in order to get Medicaid coverage and to get food stamp benefits. Like, these are no-brainers. Like, this, these are not concessions. This is, like, how things should be. Even without the debt ceiling, all these things should be passed. Here's a quote from the Biden announcement. Quote, the president has been clear he will not uh, accept attempts at hostage-taking. Republicans must take default off the table, address the debt limit without demands or conditions, 
just as Congress did three times during the prior administration. This bill stands in stark contract to the president's vision for the economy. So the president's vision for the economy is to have trillions of dollars in deficits. This is in stark contrast. This plan where we actually want to cut wasteful spending and cut the deficit by three trillion, by five, almost five trillion dollars. That stands in stark contrast to the president's vision. The president's vision, he wants to bankrupt the country. All right, so a lab in Sudan with dangerous viruses has been taken over by Sudanese rebels. There's all sorts of fighting. There's this terrible, terrible civil war going on in Sudan right now, and Sudanese rebels have taken control. I mean, this is just, this is horrific. It's amazing that the media is burying the story. The WHO calls this a huge biological risk. That's a direct quote. The lab, of course, was funded by the U.S. government, specifically by the NIH, by Dr. Fauci. What a complete disgrace. Dr. Fauci, yet again, endangering all of our lives. Sudan's National Public Health Laboratory received financial and personnel support from U.S. government bodies, including the DOD, the CDC, and Dr. Fauci's NIH. This is according to the website War Room. I mean, this is unreal. This is this is surreal. This is surreal. The stun, quote, the stunning revelation follows... Nima Saeed Abid, the World Health Organization representative in Sudan, admitting the situation was extremely dangerous because we have polio isolates in the lab. We have measles in the lab. We have cholera in the lab. U.S. federal funding has directly supported research in that lab um, from uh, into cholera, at least into cholera. And who knows what other viruses. So we're going to keep an eye on that. Of course, Republican Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, he wants to know why IRS agents showed up at the home of Matt Taibbi. Matt Taibbi, the journalist who exposed the Twitter files, they show. And by the way, he's a, Matt, Matt Taibbi is a leftist, by the way, but he still exposed the Twitter files because he thinks the Democrat Party has gone off the rails. But Senator Ron Johnson wants to know the IRS showed up at Matt Taibbi's home the same day he testified in Congress about the Twitter files. So Gee, what a coincidence. Again, Chuck Schumer says Fox News silence Tucker Carlson. Weeks later, Tucker Carlson is out. Now you have um, the IRS investigating Matt Taibbi the same day he shows up to testify in Congress. What a bizarre coincidence. So Johnson sent a letter to the IRS and the Treasury Department. What happened was IRS agents made an unscheduled visit at the home of Taibbi um, the day that he was testifying, and they told him that his 2018 and 2021 tax returns were rejected because of concerns over identity theft. Now, think about that. I mean, it's almost comical. I mean, so the IRS visits you. You know, I get letters from the IRS. The IRS maybe will call you. You think the IRS shows up at your house? They were worried about identity theft for two tax returns. That's what they say anyway. We all know the truth, but the point is, so they show up at your house. They can't, like, call you on the phone, pick up the phone, say, hey, by the way, send you an email. Go on the phone, send a letter, because the IRS, they, they probably don't do emails. They're too old school, so they actually send a physical envelope, right, through the mail. But I don't care. But, hello, we have issues with identity theft. Give us a call or call him up and have a conversation with him. But, no, they uh, they had to arrive at his house, okay, and uh, intimidate him. Gee, I mean, do the math here. That is very, very frightening. All right, I, I guess we're out of time. So much more to get to, but I guess we're out of time, so... We'll have to wait till next time to discuss uh, the new whistleblower, a second whistleblower now, who says that the Biden administration is an accomplice to massive child trafficking at the border. And they've lost track of thousands and thousands of unaccompanied minors who cross the border illegally. So that's pretty terrifying. If that were Trump, I mean, that would be plastered on every newspaper in the country. That's going to do it for today. And we will see you next time.